I'm no Kabloof. I am Kabloof also. Kabloof! What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we literally, like, just made that up then. Kabloof. Kabloof. And I suppose that's how we're starting this one? Definitely. I like that word. Elena, oh. say Kabloof. Kabloof. <laughs> The Inverus Podcast on Halloween. Hello and welcome to the Inverus Podcast. Uh, today we have a very special guest. Um, is mine and Callum's cousin, uh, Elena. Whee! Hello. Yay! <laughs> today. We are drinking Dark and Stormies, which is basically just rum and ginger beer. Which I love. Mine, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yay. We're going to pour it just now. I just need to add my ginger beer and good to go. I had to make Stuart one because a Dark and Stormies has favourite cocktail. Oh, is it? Yeah. I've never tried it. Oh. Like, sometimes I like to put a bit of bitters in it, but I didn't have any bitters, so it's just ginger beer and rum. Specifically, we're using a uh, Kraken rum. I think all three of us are using Kraken rum, yeah? yeah. Yes, we are. Woohoo! Smells I great. I love Kraken rum, it's Ugh. so nice. Ugh. I don't think I've had Kraken oh. rum either. Have you not? Nope, and I don't normally mix my spirits, paranormal or otherwise. So that's <laughs> On the topic of spirits, uh, today's topic is horror. <laughs> yeah. Halloween, so we're getting spooky. Spooky. I'm going to wait until Elena takes her first sip and then we'll start. Oh, it looks good in the glass. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. Oh, I made that a bit strong, but that's okay. <laughs> it's better when it's strong. Exactly. <laughs> My thoughts are exactly clear. Mm. <laughs> Great minds think alike. <laughs> um, okay, so um, just to get us started... Uh, I'll start with Elena, because I know Elena loves horror and spooky stuff and all that jazz. Um, have you always known that you were like into horror, or was there a point at which you realised that that's what you liked? I have always been into horror ever since I was a kid. Like I remember being really little, where I used to live in England. Did you ever visit me when I lived in England? I never visited you in England. I know you visited us up here when you lived in England? So it was pre-1996 and on the way to nursery there was a little graveyard and it had like 12 headstones in it and every morning we walked down I'd get dad to read the headstones to me. I was just so obsessed with them. If we went to visit Nan there was a big graveyard there, I'd get dad to walk me through and read the headstones again and at bedtime I'd always ask dad to read me scary stories so he'd have to usually make them up on the spot but as you know, I was obsessed with Pingu as a kid. Yep. <laughs> and there's that one episode where Pingu runs away and the icebergs look like a devil and a big skull and the mouth moves. And I was just so infatuated with it. I loved it. Yeah. Because um, I was about to say, I think the first time I realised just how into horror you were, like obviously at that time I wasn't going, oh, Elena's so into horror. It was more, oh, Elena likes scary stuff. Was um. I think it was when you lived in England and you were visiting because it was in the flat and I didn't move out of the flat to like 
I was seven, so it would have been 96. Um, same year as you moved up, actually. Um, but I remember you came into the room and I was only wee and I was like, oh, hi, Elena, I'm pretending I'm a hamster. And you said, well, I'm a vampire, so I'm going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like as far as I can remember, the other thing that really freaked me out that you told me, and I was going to ask you on the podcast if you remember, is you told me once that you had a really scary dream that involved Uncle Gerard and skeletons. <laughs> yes, I think I did. There was, um, again, I was living down in England and I'd had a bad experience in my old bedroom. So it was at the end of the corridor. And for some reason, like, I thought my dad's shirt on the floor in the hallway was, like, a crumpled up skeleton just lying there. So I screamed the house down. And I think on the back of that, I had a nightmare that Uncle Gerard was dancing with skeletons. It was just <laughs> head bobbing around. And I hated it. It was terrifying. I couldn't well, look at him the same Yeah, I remember you describing it. And we were, obviously, like, me and Elena are about the same age. Pretty much dead on the same age. So we were very close growing up, uh, especially once she moved up uh, to Scotland. Um, and you used to tell these really scary stories. And that was one of the ones I always remember is you going, one time I had a dream and it freaked me out. But I think it was because it freaked you out. And to me, you were always this person who just wasn't scared of that stuff, you know? So it was like, oh my God, Elena's scared of this? That means it's scary. <laughs> My worst nightmare that still haunts me to this day. And it, like when thinking about it, isn't scary, but it was just recurring and I hated it. Remember, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Kids TV show for those that don't know. Yeah, from years ago. I had a dream that I was sitting around the campfire with them and it was like after recording. So we were all talking about stuff, eating peanut butter sandwiches. I remember that. Um, and there was like thunder and lightning and people were like hysterical because something was in the building and they didn't know what it was and when we looked up because of the flash of lightning there was something in like a window it was almost like a balcony and it just the silhouette of this creature and it terrified me it was like huge with all these horns and it was very sharp and pointed and we were trying to get away and like I just remember waking up but I ended up in like a field in the middle of nowhere and it was like a slaughterhouse. There was like slaughtered animals everywhere and like it was really descriptive. Like you could smell the blood mm. and everything and I was like terrified. No wonder. <laughs> I didn't do myself any favours though. I was always obsessed with stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, so. you were always into it. Um, <laughs> my first experience of horror uh, in terms of like something that terrified me um was the 1950s horror film The Blob. Obviously, it's like a B, a B horror film. Like, it's not really scary at all. But I think I was five and it came on, like, on the TV. I think it was on Channel 4 or something. And my mum just left it on because she was like, oh, it's, you know, it's not really a scary film. It's just a daft horror thing. Well, I think from the age of five, when I watched that film, right through till I was about 10, Oh God, I couldn't even think about it. I used to have nightmares that the blob was at the end of my bed and it was going to eat me. Like, it I was think slowly... I remember you said that. Yeah. It was slowly going to eat me and envelop my leg and like, yeah, bad, awful. Don't show your kids the blob. <laughs> 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 I 
Um, what about you, Callum? Like, what's your first experience? My with, first like, experience of horror. I'm trying to. I'm like, there's because I didn't grow up mo- very much with horror. My like earliest memory of being horrified by something was as a as a child. I would like you know occasionally just like come out my room and like walk around peek through the door and see what mom and dad are watching in the spare room just kind of catch a glimpse of what they're watching and what they were watching was the film killer bees okay (laughs) and all i remember is seeing someone being killed by killer bees and that traumatized me for for life i'm now terrified of bees that's it that's it that's what started and ended my horror life (laughs) was oh god um i know but uh yeah so i i walked in and mom and dad were very angry and was like oh you can't be watching this and i was like oh no wonder (laughs) you were scared i was terrified of the killer bees Um, um and i was convinced that there were going to be um killer bees in my sleep uh just everywhere bees it was just bees um, not the bees not, be, the, not bees. the bees um <laughs> but yeah that's it that's all i remember about it i don't even know if it's a movie it might have just been uh, something i just remember it's called killer bees and it's about killer bees killer bees <laughs> i don't recommend you watch Candyman. oh is there bees in the candy man oh yes huh <laughs> <laughs> Like, as an adult now, I don't mind watching horror films. There's films that have completely freaked me out. Um, but I enjoy that experience a lot more now mm. than I did when I was little. Um, but I tend to play horror games more than I watch horror films. But I think, like, my favourite horror game is Silent Hill 2. But I think that's very common for people. <laughs> like, if you go oh, watch your favourite horror game, most people say, oh, Silent Hill 2. That's, like, a very common favourite. I never played them as a teenager, though. Uh, any experience I had of horror games was always at Elena's house. Um, <laughs> I distinctly remember, like we mentioned one before, but I'm going to talk about a different one just now, which is uh, the Resident Evil series. Oh, I love it. I think it was Resident Evil 2. And you and your dad were playing through it. Yeah, I love Resident Evil 2. Like, I can play that with my eyes shut. I love it so much. Play it every year, sometimes twice a year. <laughs> Um, and then, like, for horror films, what's your favourite horror film? Do you have one? Or are there too many? There are far, far too many. Um, I think if I was to go with, like, a genre of horror, I love paranormal horror, things that are based on true stories. Um, I love demonic possession, like, that kind of thing is really my, my jam. So, like, I found The Conjuring movies were really good. Um, okay. I've got a book that was written by Andrea Perrin, mm-hmm. which is one of the little girls who lived in the farmhouse. Um, I think it's called House of Darkness, House of Light. And she goes into depth about the possession of the house and um, all the things that she experienced, like in this like demon Bathsheba that haunted them for years. Like, I need to read that. Yeah. Um, it sounds really interesting. Um, so, so interesting. See, I like... Um... If we're talking about horror, I like mostly uh, very specific kinds of like body horror. So I love uh, any manga that's been written by Junji Ito. Because Stuart got me, it was a compendium of Junji Ito things. Um, so for example, like The Enigma Aragawa Fault. I don't know if any of you have seen that. It's like a very short manga. And it's um, a guy sees... 
on the news, they find this fault line caused by like an earthquake. And in the fault line, there's all these shapes, human silhouettes, and it's like holes uh, in the shape of human silhouettes into the mountain. Um, and people are gathering because they've seen a hole and they have this compulsion. It's like, oh, that's my hole. Um, and they go and they're they're like walking into the holes and they slot perfectly, but they can't come back out. They can only go forward. Um, and then at the end of it, it shows you them coming out the other side and they're all like warped and long and thin and their bodies have been molded by this. And it's really, really simple. But when you read it, it's horrifying. Like just like absolutely mind-blowingly awful. Um but I love it. Like, I love that kind of thing. Um, and I don't know what it is. I think it's just... There's a part of me that's like, well, that's wrong. <laughs> I don't know. My brain just goes, oh, no, no, no. No, that's wrong. But I enjoy it. Um, but stuff like that I'm into. Um, but I don't mean body horror as in, like, the human centipede. Because I don't like that that's... film. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. It's garbage <laughs> um, I, I heard the second one's garbage some might say it's pretty crap but um oh. <laughs> I was thinking like who said that that movie was a good idea like I think I heard a rumour and I have no idea if this, this is true but uh, it was someone said to the guy who made it that that should be the punishment for people who commit like sexual assault against children Yes, that's actually yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, not wrong. Not sure I would have made a film out of that concept. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, what about you, Calum? Like, have you seen much horror? My favorite horror film of all time might not even be a horror film. Um, but my favorite horror is The Thing. Oh, mm. A classic. A classic. I love it so much, and. I guess I guess you class it you can class it as horror. Oh, it is! It is absolutely. Is that a scene where they're trying to revive the man on the table and he puts oh. his arms down, his chest opens, chomps his arm off, then the guy's head falls off and crawls away. I love it. Brilliant! It's so good. Um... <laughs> Elena, just just for reference for the podcast, so that we have it down for posterity. Is your favourite scene in Alien the bit where the alien comes out of the guy's chest? chest? Oh yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah, it's it's the weird thing though. I think I watched the thing um probably like roughly maybe not the same age but you know around the same sort of time that the killer bees incident happened. And I loved the thing. I just thought it was cool. I think because the setting like I love it's sci-fi. sci-fi as well. I love space. Yeah. I love weird creepy alien things that, you know, um I also like I think I like things that you like you know you don't know. Um, I know what a bee is. I see bees every day, and they're everywhere, and they're obviously killer. But the <laughs> obviously, I don't hold that opinion now. I really like bees. Let's save the bees. Bees are the um, good guys. But like with something like the thing, which can be like almost anything, and you know, you you don't know what it is or where it is or that like that that that, that well, interests me a lot. And I, I oddly, obviously, we've spoken about. We've spoken about War of the Worlds on the podcast before, um, and we've mentioned how we both love that. That, see that whole, oh, we don't know what that is and where it came from. That's part of the terror with War of the Worlds. Mm -hmm. 
because it's these things that came from the sky. You have they, they start killing you and you don't know how or where they came from or obviously we know they came from Mars. But <laughs> it's um yeah, it's that fear of the unknown thing. Um, and I think that's what sci-fi horror does really well. Obviously, traditional horror is perfectly good at doing that too. Um, uh-huh. But it seems to be more of a common theme because like Alien um, is very much like that as well. Uh, at the start, they have no idea. They yeah. just know the guy died and then the guy isn't dead. And then, oh God, he's dead again. <laughs> like, um, uh, I'm trying to think what other sci-fi horror... Um, dead Space? That game's freaky. The first one anyway. I never finished it. Um, mostly because I didn't want it, but uh... I am a really terrible friend. But uh, I have a friend called Sarah, uh, and she was over at my house once, and I let Stuart make her play that, and she is not a horror person at all. And she's walking down this really dark corridor, like, and it's one of those ones where it's like the atmosphere is getting to you, and you're like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, and you're trying to really slowly move forward and move forward. Um, and then it came out and it got her and she just freaked. <laughs> the game was stuck on pause <laughs> and she just left the room. <laughs> one, one experience like that, not from a horror game, uh, was Stephen Blaine, Elena's uh, brother, playing, uh, I think it was Tomb Raider 5? Tomb Raider 6. Tomb Raider 6, Okay. Um, yeah, and there was a part in that where I don't even know what was happening. I just know there was a thing that Stephen was really scared of. <laughs> we were in the asylum in the game, and I knew the wee creepy guy with the big arms was going to come out of one of the doors, and he was so adamant that it came from the other direction. So he prepared <laughs> himself specially so he didn't get a fight. And he was facing the wrong way. And I was like, you need to turn around, Stephen. He was like, nope, nope, it's this way. And then it happened and it came after him and he was petrified because it was from behind and he wasn't expecting it. And we swear we seen his hair stand up. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was like, oh, on the back of his neck. But I just remember like he paused it and then left. And then we're like, are you going to go back to it? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so mean, so mean. Uh-huh. But then um, kind of karma, I suppose. You know what, uh, P.T.? Like the playtest for the Silent Hill that never was oh, to be. Oh yes, yes. Um, I never had that, but one of my friends uh, from work actually, uh, him and his wife came over, um, and they made me play PT in my living room on their PlayStation with noise cancelling headphones on, oh, nice. so I couldn't hear anybody else in the room. The lights were off, and I was playing PT. And as much as I'm saying Silent Hill is my favourite, or Silent Hill 2 is my favourite horror game, I find it very difficult to play. Uh, playing horror for me is scarier than watching a horror film. Because you um, Oh yeah, you immerse yourself and you're in control. Um, and it puts you in that position. So I was walking through PT, completely petrified, with like a room full of people laughing. <laughs> but I couldn't see them, I just knew. Like I couldn't hear them either, but I just knew they were laughing. <laughs> And then uh, my friend got really annoyed because I didn't die once. I didn't complete it. I ended up giving up, but um, <laughs> I didn't die at all. He was like waiting, waiting for me to die so that I would freak out and it never happened. That's hilarious. I really enjoyed PT. I thought it was done really well. And I think things like that, and it goes back to kind of what we were talking about before in the 
video games episode horror section um the things that build tension really well like then you know release that tension well in specific places opposed to like jump scare jump scare jump scare jump scare really immerses you and i find that like that really kind of freaks me out a lot more than that building of like atmosphere and tension um mm. what's the scariest thing like like media so uh, a video game or a book or whatever that you've read that scared you or say read played watched uh that scared you um that isn't meant to be horror strictly the news the news oh god <laughs> sorry right now, yes. <laughs> no i don't look at the news now like uh, current life <laughs> there's a pandemic um no um because for me obviously not now because i'm a grown-up now but when i was a kid i watched the ghostbusters film i think it's ghostbusters 2 that has the pink goo in it it comes out the taps um and i was profoundly terrified of that i don't know if it was just gloopy things i was scared of as a kid because i didn't like the blob and i didn't like the pink goo from ghostbusters either terrified me i think i might have been a bit young to watch that film though um something that steven used to always pick on me about is the fact that i could play horror games and i would be fine there's no horror movie that's ever terrified me but playing tomb raider one and the wolves coming after me or oh even the bloodied spikes just i still can't look at them i always I played i this is recently as well like maybe as recently as two or three years ago i tried to play tomb raider one um and I got, I was doing great, you know, doing fine, you know, doing all my jumps and going, oh my God, this game is so good. Like even now, as much as it's pixelated and the graphics don't hold up, it's still a lot of fun. Got to the bit with the T-Rex, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Like I just freaked. I had to stop playing. <laughs> so I have never personally, I can't do the T-Rex. I can't do it. I need somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> when you said about the t-rex oh my god claire this is something you and i were petrified of <laughs> i'm still scared of it Alina. my big brother played fighting the t-rex uh in my house when we were kids and elena and i stood at the door screaming like screaming <laughs> <laughs> we were so scared so scared of this so like it's like a pixelated garbage looking t-rex i still can't play that that part of the game i can't do it do you know it was worse than the t-rex what the butler from number two <laughs> rattle rattle, rattle, rattle. rattle. <laughs> and then you can freeze him to death <laughs> he used to terrify me as well i'd hear him groaning and rattling and i'd <laughs> <laughs> turns out he wasn't actually a butler at all he was just this like angry spirit that was following Lara Croft around the mansion <laughs> that would be more endearing <laughs> it's the ghost of her dad <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's just yep the ghost of Lara Croft's dad oh, canon I've, I've, uh, I've gone there that's it um, do you remember much about Obscure? I love Obscure. It's, one of, it's still one of my favourite games as well. Because the only thing I remember about Obscure is the elevator. And more recently, because we were talking about Obscure in a separate podcast. I think we were talking about video games. Yes. Um, it's set in a high school. There's an elevator scene that's really awful. 
by awful I mean scary um and then there's a bit where you're in the dark and somebody what's it he says he goes oh it's dark in here and she goes don't even think about it and that is all I remember about Obscure (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a glowing review yeah that's all I should play it again I should go back and play it and be like so good um, maybe we should stream it yeah but you need to do two player like it's so good with a teammate alright podcast project obscure (laughs) co-op (laughs) <laughs> do you know what's an old obscure <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know if either of you will know you might know it Claire because it was a game that I had for the PS1 it was called Martian Gothic I have heard of that I have never played I have it never heard of this. and I think the reason I've heard way. of it is because you had it <laughs> like... and that game I could never continue that scared me so that was one game that really did frighten me Wow. it was a toss up between um, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, and it's set in space. Oh, sci-fi that horror! That sounds like a winner. I love. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to try and play this somehow. It is. I'll it was terrifying as a kid. Could never get past it. Yeah, maybe we should stream Elena trying to get through Martian Gothic. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Can Just you imagine a dead person floating in the air? And then every time you try to walk past them, they just get up and push you out the way and then go back to a floating dead position. And I'm like, nope, nope, not for me. <laughs> um, this looks what about... great. Oh, are you are you looking at it? Yeah, this looks amazing. <laughs> um, no, what about like current horror? Like, what have you seen recently that really caught your attention and that you would recommend to people anything specific like games or movies anything horror related um Hmm. i normally like independent horror games but i can't think of anyone that i've seen recently i think because i've been so busy with work yeah damn work (laughs) (laughs) always gets in the way um Um. No, nothing that I can think of specifically. Um, for me, um, obviously everybody's watching The Haunting of Bly Manor just now. I haven't finished that, so I can't say that I recommend or don't recommend it. But um, I think I made Callum watch this, actually. Um, there's a film on Netflix, <clears throat> and on Netflix it's called February. But the actual name of the film is The Black Coat's Daughter. Okay. Um, Did you make me You've seen this? it. Have I? Yeah, yeah, you have. It's the one with the separate threads. So it's the girl in the boarding school on the last day of term. And then there's the girl who seems to be on the run. And it flits between the two of them. Yes, 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 yes. That's a fantastic film. It's it's kind of slow burning. Like, it's more unsettling. And then you get towards the end and then you're like, okay, um... I don't want to say anything about it because <laughs> I you can spoil it really easily, but it's really good, uh-huh. um, and I'd recommend that. I think I've seen that about five times just by showing other people. Oh yes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm seeing like screenshots now. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. this. Um, oh, but if Alina's not seen it, I'm not spoiling it because I recommend that. Do you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the last horror film I saw in the cinema was Ouija Two. 
Oh, God. Ouija 2. I never saw the first one. Me and Stuart were going to go and see the Ring sequel that had come out, except that it got delayed. So we were in the cinema going, well, we can't watch that because it's not actually out yet. Uh, Is there any other horror films? And the only horror films was that uh, Ouija 2. Um, So we watched that. Um, And overall... I mean, it wasn't a good film, <laughs> but it wasn't bad, you know? Like, you could, you can watch it. It's like a trashy horror film. Um, another horror film I remember, because most of my younger horror experience was from, oh, I'm friends with Elena. Um, <laughs> I remember watching one of the Halloween films with Elena at Elena's house. Um, and it was the one with the silver shamrock masks. Yes. Um, I watched Alien and Aliens at your house. Um, yeah. And I remember your dad phoning my mum to ask if it was okay. <laughs> um, but they're fantastic films, Alien films. Um, mm. I love Alien. Like, so good. the atmosphere is incredible. It is. Especially. And the tension... I was never allowed to watch certain movies as a kid, though. Just when you said that my dad had to phone your mum, there was two specific movies that my parents forbid me from watching, and that was The Exorcist and Nightmare on Elm Street. But I watched them at a friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. When I was um, I've never seen The Exorcist. I've never seen The Exorcist. There was always kids that were allowed to watch things that I remember being told never to watch. Yeah. You know, not allowed to watch this, not allowed to watch that. Don't play with Ouija boards. Oh, no, no, never play with Ouija boards. Never play with a Ouija board. Because when a Ouija gets bored, oof. (laughs) I've just got, you know, like the the Ouija meme? It's like the messed up Luigi. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've got in my head. No, um, (laughs) no Ouija boards, uh, no tarot cards, no exorcist. What was the other one I wasn't allowed to watch? There was another really specific one. And I can't remember what it was. Oh, Clockwork Orange. I wasn't allowed to watch that. I loved Clockwork Orange. Um, Yeah, I'm not. Well, I just almost said that I'm not allowed to watch (laughs) 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 it. I'm still banned. I'm still not allowed to watch it. Um, I haven't read it. I really fancy reading it, but I don't know. Um, Actually, speaking of reading, I find scary books worse than scary films or scary games. Oh, yeah, because you use your imagination. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's horrible. There's a book, I think it's um, The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle, which is a, a novel by Murakami. Um, Japanese novel. I read like a translation of it. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's that one. It may not be, but I'm pretty sure it's that one. Um, and I'd read some of his other stuff, and it's very like psychological and um, odd. But there's a scene in that where they go to talk to this guy um, who is in the war um, and he describes in great detail watching a man being flayed alive. Um, And I got to a point, because the description goes on for pages, and I got to a point where I couldn't read it anymore. It was awful. It was so horrifying. Like, just the detail and the description and, Mm. like... 
it made me feel awful so I had to skip it <laughs> like I was like where does this description end okay um and that's not really an experience I've had watching horror films or playing a horror game like um but I've never seen The Exorcist um, oh I highly recommend it it's such a good movie I watched Poltergeist with my family oh such a good movie that was a strange experience <laughs> Both of those were like cursed films. There were so many strange occurrences during filming and even after the poltergeist that little girl died. There were so many deaths after that. Very interesting. Mm. A movie that you would never expect Gran to have, she owns in her collection, is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I really enjoyed that film. I loved that film. It was so good. Actually, I watched it at Gran's, obviously. There's a religious aspect to that film, though. So There absolutely is, yeah. So I don't entirely go, oh, that's weird. It, on the surface, oh, sure. Like, I couldn't imagine Gran owning a, like, a horror film like that. <laughs> but then when you think about it a bit more, it's like, oh, well, I suppose, maybe. <laughs> but even still, like, you but know. But Gran secretly loves scary, awful, bad things. Like, uh, was that she had this book of, like, old-fashioned tales, and it had, like, Bluebeard, I think it was in it. And it was horrifying, like, the the things it was telling you about what this pirate man did. And, like, I remember going to her house and I was flicking through it and she's like, oh, go to this page. And she showed me and she's like, look how bad that is. <laughs> Maybe that's where we all get our more That's Maybe. it. Maybe. It just definitely runs in the family because we mentioned this in another podcast is that we all have this weird in our family, this thing where, you know, injuries are really fascinating. Yes. Um, And, like... Yeah, it's like, look, um, and and the way that I always put it is, well, it, if it didn't kill them, and I know them, I want to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, if it's not too obtrusive, you want to prod it a little bit, you know. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Especially if, especially if it's a proper mushy, what you're like, oh, <laughs> or like my dad's arm, the plate underneath it. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, so cool. So cool. He has a metal <laughs> bit in his arm. And the scar's really awesome as well. It's like a proper action man scar. Runs from the wrist to the elbow. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, we should talk about real life scary stuff and spooks. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> this isn't scary, okay, at all. But um, I think we were, I can't remember, I think we might have been in Millport. <laughs> okay. And me, my dad, and my sister were just walking and it was, it was a bit dark. We walked past this, like, big house with, um, like, the gate was open. And Dad was, like, we were really young. I, I think Neve was about, you know, maybe three or four. So I'd have been, like, eight or nine. So maybe I wasn't that young. I was just a scaredy cat. And um, he, he pointed to the house and he says, you know, we used to come here. And we'd go in and then we'd see this woman. And she'd chase us and she was like, what? And we were like, oh, this thing's awful. He's like, come on, let's go. So he dragged us up to some person's house. This is just some person's guard, like driveway. And you're running up this driveway. And we're like, oh my God, it's so awful. It's awful. And he's like, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh, I think she's coming. I think she's going to come. I think she's going to come and get us. And I was like, oh, no, Dad, please. Let's go, let's go, Dad, please. Um, and then he started crying. So we had to go. Um, Your dad is an expert at giving kids the heebie-jeebies, by the way. 
but oh, he is he's, he's absolutely awful. an expert. He used to tell us this bedtime story uh, when I was really young because um, him and your mum, Calm, used to come around the house all the time when we stayed in the flat. Um, and if we got up during the night, there was one time we got interviewed by him on a camcorder about like, what do you want to be when you grow up and stuff? I think we all said we wanted to be shopkeepers. <laughs> um, but that aside, he told us this bedtime story once and he's probably told you this. Um, or at least I imagine he has. Um, and it's an old man in a cave. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one, that's where I'm going with this. Um, and you you start walking into the cave and you just hear faintly if I catch you I'm going to eat you yep and see no joke no joke the first time I heard that I had never heard this before I was like four and I was petrified like petrified because your dad tells stories with such seriousness when you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. And you just believe him. Yeah. He's good at building, you know, tension and, you know, atmosphere. Well, thankfully, and... the story does not have a scary ending. <laughs> because the man, the man ends up being some old guy sitting in a cave picking his nose. <laughs> I love that. It's so mm. good. But you even love Trapdoor. Um, which was something I neglected to mention in the nostalgia episode. And even that's a bit creepy for kids, you know? But yeah, real life stuff. Um, have you ever seen a ghost? I think I seen one. But I also think, well, I don't know. See, my experience was kind of strange because when I was, like, just entering my teenage years and I was going through puberty... I had an awful time with things going on in my room and it petrified me. Um, like, absolutely terrorised me. I remember bolting down the stairs to my parents, absolutely convinced that there was something there. Um, there was one time, like, things would fall off my shelf, things would move. And then one night in particular, I was lying in bed. And I normally, I've done it since I was a kid. When I'm going to sleep, I'll wrap my feet up. So I'll lift the covers up, tuck them underneath my feet, and then like I'll get snuggly and I'll go to sleep. I can testify. When I stayed over, she used to do this, and it annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Move my feet as well. I like to rub my feet off the bed. Yeah. Um, but I was just about to doze off, and no joke, the covers, like this was the bed that Dad made, so it was quite high up off the bed, off the floor they just were ripped from me like with force to the point that it had moved me and just flew across the ground like across the floor and I shot out of that bed and I ran down those stairs in tears like I was so panicked but I think like looking at it as an adult now like I don't know how much you guys believe in stuff like this but I've heard and I've read that in houses that experience poltergeist activity it's normally in a house where there's a growing teenager, usually a girl, because of, I don't know, it's like extra energy and things going on and it can unsettle yeah. things in the house. So it's not a spirit, but it's just like activity of some kind. That's so weird. Um, Like, I believe a little bit in all this. Um, I think oh, th- the way that I see it is that 
if you grew up religious or if you have religion in your life, if you believe in a God, you have to believe in some supernatural thing. Um, and I'm not religious now, but I still think there's something. Mm -hmm. Especially when For you've sure. grown up with that in like your whole life, you can't really like remove something that's been like ingrained in um, in you. So it becomes more of a feeling. Like you, um, I'm I wouldn't say I'm a particularly religious person, but I do definitely have some yes. like spiritualness and like connection with the world and things like that. And oh you know, yeah, for sure. You can't you can't you know it's like you can't believe in a god without a devil you can't believe in spirits without actually believing in spirits that's just the, the way it is it's, and then... the, it's the way it works um but like Stuart and i do a lot of like ritually stuff um like we burn incense and we have like stones and we don't necessarily believe that oh it's magic you know in the traditional sense but i do think there's a lot of power in it even if it's just you think, oh, well, if I do this, if I go, well, I'm setting the intention for, like, insight, for example, even if there isn't anything, like, spiritual about that, it encourages you to sort of have that from within, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Stuart and I are a bit more, like, into what people might call witchcraft. <laughs> I love that. I think it's so important in your life, see, to just, I don't know, like to be aware of certain things and to open your eyes to the surroundings. Like, I think, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. You're setting an, an intention. And intent is, like, such a powerful thing. We use such a small percentage of our brain. And you think, like, even superstition or, like, even just down to survival instincts, like, you sense things, you feel things, mm -hmm. um, you use your intuition um and even people around you like if you come under some bad luck or things happen that just seem a bit off like normally it's somebody around you that maybe has some jealousy towards you or looks at you a certain way that maybe doesn't mean it but it's internalized and because they're putting that out there and they're focusing so intently on this feeling or emotion like it can sometimes have an effect on another person i believe but it's like spirits as well. Dad always believes that spirits are like a moment in time that are trapped forever. So it's not necessarily the person's soul that's left behind. It's just a replay of that incident that stained the atmosphere. Like, you know how he's obsessed with war and um, things like that from mm. the past. Like he went to Verdun, I think it's been a couple of times on the battlefield. And he said that when you're there, it's just that feeling of dread and despair mm -hmm. that has never left that place because of how how awful the things it's like uh, uh, people who go to Auschwitz yeah always talk about the feeling that they get when they're there of like how awful the things that happened there were and how those people felt um and I don't think you can remove that it's like um for me see if I go to a cemetery I don't understand how people can be disrespectful because when I go to a cemetery, I feel generally, I actually feel a sense of peace, yes. but you know, I, I have a feeling of reverence when I'm there. Um, and I don't know if it's just, oh, you're looking for that and that's why you feel it. But I think regardless, I think that's a good thing, whether, whether it's made up in my head or not, you know, there is a sense of peace. It's your final resting place. 
that's where your body goes and that's where your soul departs they believe because like there's so many different beliefs surrounding death and there's one tradition that believes in a thing called a psychopomp and it comes in the form of a canine or a bird or a butterfly and they normally guard the graves because they believe that after death the soul still remains in the body for a while until the soul is ready to move on and mm. that soul splits into three places so the psychopomp is there to lead the way with the torch and a sword and the sword is to sever their life from the world and the torch is to lead them into the afterlife but it's also into reincarnation as well and something else but it's really fascinating like different beliefs in death oh yeah um, even down to people who aren't part of like a religion or any of that. Um, weirdly, I asked my oldest son um, because he's told me he doesn't believe in God, right? And I'm like, well, that's fine because we're not bringing our kids up to be religious. Uh, I, if he finds a religion that he believes in, absolutely good for him, you know? Um, but I, I, we were talking about death and I was like, well, what do you think happens when you die? And he believes in reincarnation. Oh, yeah but we didn't plant this seed in his head he just came up with this himself and I was like well you know fair enough um but I always think as much as this is a horror episode I think like people always wrongfully tie like witchcraft practices you know like as I said setting intentions and using uh you know stones or um you know, or burning incense or any of that stuff. Um, I think people always wrongfully associate that with horror. Yes. Um, because I don't think any of that is scary or bad. <laughs> like, um, a lot of the people that do that are doing so to better themselves and better the world. And I don't think that's a bad thing, personally. Absolutely not. It's protection as well. And it's the tradition of, like, ridding negativity. And that's the thing, like again with your intention like I use a lot of stuff like that like I'm a big fan of Paolo Santo I use that very frequently because it gets rid of the negative energy but it restores the positive and holds on to what's good and like when I go through a hard time like with the closure of Sucky Hall Street before I'd come in the house I'd get Anne to wait in the back door for me she'd have Paolo Santo ready I would smudge myself so that I wouldn't be bringing anything home because home is my retreat, somewhere safe for me. Um, but it is like it's like all kinds of practices, and it's so like it goes in so many different directions, and it's gone throughout time. And um, but like you said, to better yourself, even things like voodoo or hoodoo, like it's not what you think it is. It's not what you see in Hollywood. It's not about dolls with pins in them. Like voodoo's really really fascinating it's all working with spirits who yeah. is very similar um i think for me when it comes to witchcraft um the only horrible aspect of it is when you think about the women who were accused of witchcraft in the past when 99 percent of those people were not witches like no. they, they weren't practicing any form of witchcraft um and they were burned to death just because they didn't go with what society wanted um, and it's one thing I find really fascinating about where I live in Inverkip, um, because Inverkip had witch burnings. Um, Inverkip also has an incredibly old cemetery. Um, 
like I love living where I live yeah it's amazing it's it's such a small place but it is steeped in a lot of history of course yeah Mm -hmm. we're Um, very fortunate where we live and I think actually most places even you know particularly in Britain and Scotland a lot of places have that um around here and I think that's kind of wonderful well we originated Salwyn Halloween like that was us that was a Celtic tradition yep have you ever been to obviously we've moved away from horror and started talking (laughs) about spiritualism and and uh all of that but um have you ever been to the Callanish Stones in Stornoway? I say Stornoway. They're in Lewis. Stornoway is the town. <laughs> Always wanted to go and visit. Oh, you should definitely go. We went. Um, actually, Callum was there as well. That's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> it was last year. We went up for my birthday, and we always go to the Callanish Stones when we go up because Stuart loves them. I love them. Um, but we went up at dusk. Um, and we stayed up there when the sun began to set, um, right through to when it was dark. And it was amazing. Like, it just, there's a feeling in the Callanish Stones, I think, that you don't get anywhere else. Regardless of, like, regardless of, like, what you believe in or what you don't believe in, you definitely do get, like, there's certain places where you do get just energy and, like, feelings from, um, and at different times of day, be it at the calendar stones like you do you get this 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 kind of i get this sort of like all filled like i am here this is like i'm just like connected this is it um yeah and there's like a there's a few places on the islands that are like that for me because you're made of stardust callum <laughs> oh it's um so fascinating it is so fascinating but like i think part of the reason that people find these things scary is what we were talking about before with um, not understanding. Like with with the thing, you don't understand what that is, you know, or why that's happening. And I I suppose a lot of these things, like I don't really care if people believe in that stuff or not, but I think for a lot of people it's, oh, well, we don't know what that is. So, yeah. Fear of the unknown. Yes, absolutely. Like, and there's so much, like, Scotland is so steeped in, like, folklore and mystery. And if you think about all kinds of things, like, real things that have happened in Scotland, um, things that go back in history, things of recent times. Like, I don't know if you heard about Edinburgh up by King Arthur's seat. Um they found i think it was a dog walker went up there just for a walk and the dog stopped at a point and kept digging and they came across i think it was 11 tiny coffins and each of them had like a tiny little carved body and they had little trinkets in each of them they were all different and they were all perfect i don't know where they're kept now in edinburgh but it was just an unknown like mystery nobody knows how they got there how old they are like what they're meant to represent like it's really fast that's crazy yeah like there's so much that we don't know um and this is completely off topic because this is the Inverus podcast so (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 our thing we go off topic um if you've got to this point like you're five in like you know what to expect at this point (laughs) yeah is this i think we should rename it to the off topic podcast we're not going to do that, but we should. Um, <laughs> I was reading about um, paleontology today. 
which is obviously like the study of fossils and dinosaurs and stuff like that. Dinosaurs can be horrifying. Yeah. You well, said so yourself. You... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Jurassic Park, because I always argue that Jurassic Park is a horror film. Yeah, oh, it was terrifying when I was a kid. Because um, we showed Luke Jurassic Park and see the bit in the kitchen with the velociraptors. Oh, oh boy, he couldn't deal with that. It was, it was sweet. Uh, he didn't have any nightmares or anything, but uh, <laughs> he was, like, really stressed. It's very intense, though. Like, Yeah, well, it's terrifying. And the bit at the start when the T-Rex gets out and starts, like, attacking the car and then it eats the guy that's on the toilet. Oh, my God. Yes. It's a terrifying film. It's a great film, but it's scary. Um, but my, my point about paleontology, just with you saying, like, there's so many mysteries, like... It was only in the early 90s, I think, that they realised that the mass extinction was caused by a gigantic asteroid. Um, And I suppose this is horror because um, they theorised that that asteroid was so big that when it hit the Earth, there was a peak um, from from the asteroid that was higher than Mount Everest um, and that the uh, atmosphere opened up and, like, bits of dinosaur and, like, earth stuff flew into space like they think there could be um particles from earth on the moon from the mass extinction uh, event but um yeah i was reading about this article and it's this guy who discovered um like this massively important dig site where um because they'd never really been able to find stuff from before the impact um but this guy he found like like an intact burrow of a, a mammal that was alive uh, during the time. Um, and what had happened was there was a massive like tidal wave and it took all the, these like fish and like dinosaurs with it. Um, and then the sediment set on top. So when they found all the fossils, they were crazy intact. Um, but it was like a mixture of like land animals and sea animals and burrows of uh, like land mammals and trees. And, um, and they'd never found anything like that before. Um, which is like of huge importance. Um, but That's it's just, really it's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that the earth holds so many mysteries. Like they talk about dinosaurs and they teach you about them. But when you're in the museum, you don't really understand that there's so much more that they don't know. Yeah. And that even goes into human history. Um, like what you're saying with those coffins at Edinburgh, it's, it's mental. It's, it's kind of awe-inspiring as well. Oh, absolutely. Even, like, the human mind as well. It's just going to so many levels with that. Well, they don't understand the human mind entirely either. No. Um, it's actually terrifying to think of how little we know about the human mind, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, some might say horrifying. Um, but oh. it's... <laughs> it's a psychological horror. <laughs> yes. Um... Like Birkin here so fascinating mm. the skin book in edinburgh as well i just thought that was oh did you yeah made out of burke's skin it's gross but also oh. really cool i love it <laughs> um yeah i had something to say but it's gone i hate when that happens i'm the same it's another blame trait um right we know what your favorite kind of horror is lena but if you were a specific genre of horror 
what horror would you come <laughs> Ooh, I like that question. Probably classic horror. See, like, the old, um, the old black and white movies, like Nosferatu, Mary Shelley's, mm. um, Frankenstein, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I always associate you with Dracula. I always have, like... Obsessed <laughs> with vampires as a kid. Oh, you were? So obsessed. Like, you made me watch Queen of the Damned. And I don't think that's a good film, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like that. I, don't I know, I know. <laughs> but for a vampire film, I highly recommend things like Bram Stoker's um, Dracula or Nosferatu. Oh, such a good movie. Mm-hmm. One thing I am deeply saddened by is I don't think there is a way of seeing um, the stage play that had Raul Julia play Dracula. Um Raul Julia played um, Gomez Adams um, and, and the more recent adaptations. I think they're making another one, but it won't be the same because Raul Julia is my Gomez. So he, he, he absolutely was. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm a huge fan of the 1964 version of the Adams Family series. But there's just something about him that just he... makes Gomez. Raul Julia, and I'm going to say this uh, as much as it's off topic because the anniversary of his death was recently, um, but we were robbed of Raul Julia. He was an incredible actor and he embodied every Mm -hmm. role he was in. Um, And this is a trash film, but I love it, so I'm going to say it anyway. But the Street Fighter film that had uh, Raul (laughs) Julia as Bison... It's so good! Like, that film is trash. Kylie Minogue's <laughs> in it. Jean-Claude Van Damme's in it. I don't care about them. Raoul Julia made that film. Um, and I think that's why he's such a good Gomez, because whatever role he took on, he just became that person. And he gave it 600% of himself. Um, but yeah, I love the Adams Family. Oh, I do as well. So oh. good. But I've got to admit, and I know it's an unpopular decision, but... I do much more favour Carolyn Jones as Morticia. See, I think that's that's fair. Personally, I think that's fair. Just the way she is and her mannerisms as well. There's just something kind of quirky and bubbly about mm. her. Um, I think the, the true joy of the Adams family is how healthy and aspirational Yay. Morticia and Gomez's relationship was. And what I think really weird about that was that was Hollywood's attempt to subvert stereotypes about relationships yeah. um because the stereotype in the relationship is that oh you know the the husband and wife hate each other you know um they always argue um there's no there's no spark like gomez and morticia are seven thousand times spark compared to the average couple yeah exactly they just live for each other and i love that and they love their kids and they accept their kids no matter what yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, even as a parent, I'm like, I want to be Morticia. <laughs> like that's what I want from. I I, I don't even mean aesthetically because I do love uh, gothing it up. I love that. Um, and I love like bondagey style clothes and things like that. I don't wear them very often, but I do love them. Um, so aesthetically, no. But Morticia, like you, everyone should just aspire to be that kind of parent and that kind of partner. Because oh, definitely they adored each other. Oh, they did, and they like you said with the kids, they encourage them to be themselves and not be like everyone else. 
Because, um, see, was it... I can't remember now. Was it Family Values that had the, the little one that didn't want to be like the rest? I don't remember. Oh, Family Values. So, let me think. Family Values was the one at the camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family Values is the one with the camp and... Um, I'm going to have to Google what this is because I have some vague memory of one of their kids not wanting to be spooky and they were completely okay with it. Yeah, Family Values is the one with the camp and Uncle Fester getting engaged or whatever. Horrible woman, yes. Yeah, she was the true horror. She was. Well, it's interesting though that you said that. Have you ever seen The Monsters? No, but I know about the Munsters and I know people who prefer the Munsters to the Adams Family. I've got to admit, like, the Adams Family is my jam. And they did come first. It was the Munsters that came afterwards. Um, But that's got a really, like, there's a really profound scene in it where Herman Munster's talking to his son. And and he's, like, I mean, this is back in the 60s. And he's like, it doesn't matter the colour of your skin. It's the person you are and what you do. Like, and I, like... I just love that for the time. But there is, like, one of the characters in it. Her name's Marilyn. So she's part of the family. She's a cousin, and she lives with the family. So they're all spooky. So you've got, like, Frankenstein's monster. You've got vampires, werewolves. And then you've just got Marilyn, who's just a normal girl. And she just, like, fits in perfectly. Like, it's really interesting, Mm. the dynamic of the family. Have you ever played... A game called uh, Vampire the Masquerade, Elena? No, but I think Andrew was telling me about it. You should definitely give that a try. Uh, you should. I'm not sure if you're even interested in tabletop role-playing games like d and I've never, like, took part in them, but I've always been interested to try. Oh, you definitely should. And this is the one that you should try. Like, if you're going to get into oh, yes. them, that's how definitely how you should start. That or Werewolf. Vampire the Masquerade is basically uh, everybody plays as a vampire. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Callum and I were in a ridiculous game of Vampire the that Masquerade. That was insane. That was ridiculous. It was stupid. It was amazing. We didn't take it very seriously. And the best time. Um, yeah. I want to be off yeah, you you can definitely play. I'm going to run a one-shot just so that you can play it, because, yes. yeah. And that ties in with our horror horror theme for tonight as well. We're allowed to talk about <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Um, uh, but, yeah, Vampire's such a good game. Like, it's kind of trash at the same time, but it's also great. Um, but a lot of Vampire stuff's trash. Um, since we're on the topic of vampires, I'm going to talk about how bad twilight is oh, i was just gonna bring much, up right no how much i no, also no, love no, twilight no. just the movies <laughs> not the books oh my god elena have you seen them no and i don't <laughs> oh, right no you have to right okay no right okay da, 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 da. so i watched them recently very recently for the first time I would, I too, I too. I refused. Like yeah, we were like, I was like, no, I'm never watching this ever. I'm never watching this. And then I watched it. We watched the first one, and I was like, okay, that was that was alright. That wasn't like as awful as I thought. It is, but it's then they get like progressively a worse. Oh, and it's like, whoa, oh whoa. man, it's awful, Elena. It's so it's bad. Amazing. So, um, I love, I love the second one. <laughs> Because in the second one... The second one's probably my favourite. Yeah, it's the best one. In the second one, um, Edward decides to dump Bella because he is a vampire. Um, and he's like, we shouldn't have dated in the first place. Oh. <laughs> and he 
fuck herself. <laughs> yeah, and then Bella starts rebelling because she is in such a bad mood. Um, and every time she does something dangerous, this ghost <laughs> image of Edward appears to her and is like, don't do it, Bella. <laughs> Stop. No. Don't do it, Bella. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and it's... And she keeps walking away and it keeps like another one appears like right yeah. next to her and it like keeps going on and he's like no So in order for her to save Edward whom she loves so much she has to keep doing dangerous things <laughs> <laughs> So he'll come and so save her So she gets on this maybe, random guy's day. motorbike <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Oh god like the podcast is destroyed because me and Callum are laughing about Twilight It's awful <laughs> Um, and so good. if you like trash and bad things, <laughs> I highly recommend it. It is such a good laugh. Vampires um, do um, not sparkle; they combust spontaneously in sunlight. What you need to do is Edward. It looks like diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> is remove the fact that they're vampire. Like, just take the word vampire and mentally replace it with something. Yeah, else. just make up, make like, up a like supernatural being. Literally bandits. There you go. Sorry. Um, and then you'll be, then you'll be you'll understand. It's so good. Oh god, oh, it's so good. Like I think the reason I enjoy it is because it isn't very well written. Um, it's not. It's, terrible. it's not. It's just not good. Like the whole thing. But see the actors. The actors give that like seven. I keep like exaggerating percentages but like i'm just gonna say they give it 110 percent, and they embody those roles as best they can even when the writing sucks so the actors are committed to it um Maybe the ones that saved it then oh it's terrible you know it isn't saved it's just bad <laughs> you a fact and a real true life fact about vampires okay with the tradition of the stake you know how you see in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all these other movies that you've got to drive a stake through the heart? Yeah. That is kind of true. So what they would do is if somebody in the town was suspected of being a vampire, they would go to their grave in the day where they knew that they would be back in their coffin. Normally they'd be able to tell, so they would do some investigative work first. Investigatory? Oh, I can't say that word. Um, so they would work out who was bitten find out if they're linked to the family, look through graves, if there was any disturbed dirt, then they would go to the grave, exhume the body, and then they would keep them in their coffin, but have a huge post, so a big stake, and they would nail that right through the chest and into the ground, still sticking up, then rebury. So it meant that it wouldn't kill the vampire, but they would stay in the ground. In yeah, the they wouldn't be able to get out. That's fascinating that's brilliant. yeah i didn't know that we've learned something new we should have guests more often <laughs> no genuinely i didn't know that that's amazing um that's so that makes so much sense yeah as well, though. it's like, practical well, it's like oh we think this body's getting up during the night we'll make sure it can't haha <laughs> nail it down it's Genius. fine have you have you seen the castlevania anime on netflix i have not it's really good uh, and again it's horror um it's about um dracula and in the castlevania universe uh dracula married a human woman and they had a vampire son called alucard 
And um, essentially what happened was Dracula's wife was accused of witchcraft and burned at the stake. And Dracula, whose human wife had shown him that humans were not dreadful, um, and he 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 never attacked humans when he was married to her because she he had shown her he she had shown him that um, humans were you know not that bad and um, then so the the state captured her and burned her as a witch and there was a huge like moses style event and there was blood raining from the sky and all of that and dracula appeared and said in one year i will kill you all um and he came back and killed them all and the whole plot of it is uh, dracula taking revenge against humanity for killing his wife um and alucard and i can't remember the vampire hunter's name uh and a healer woman i think I haven't seen it in a while, <laughs> but uh, they they are trying to stop Dracula from k- destroying humanity, um, which is a very grand plot for a vampire thing. But the horror elements in it are like gross and terrifying. <laughs> um, Sounds great. Yeah, it's really really good. Uh, as I said, like the bit with the blood draining from the sky, and then the part where Dracula returns and kills them all, really freaky, and I love it. You just reminded me of a Slayer song, Raining Blood. There's a line in it, and it's um, raining blood from a lacerated sky. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing line. <laughs> oh. I, I, the thing is, I love, like, see black metal and death metal. I love it. I don't listen to it very often these days, but see that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh. So good. So good. Um... Yeah, I actually recently found uh, it was, uh, I think they were Scandinavian. I'm going to say Norway. I'm not sure. It might have been Sweden. But it was these guys who um, started researching religion, trying to sort of disprove it and write an, a metal album about the folly of like Catholicism and stuff. But they ended up converting to Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because Catholicism <laughs> is so brutal in itself. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this history inspires me. Do you know what happened? They wrote a black metal album, and it's like a really experimental, terrifying, creepy album, and I can't remember the name of the band, but they wrote this album, um, and this was when they were Catholics, uh, but they became Catholics writing this album. (laughs) But it takes inspiration from, um, you know, like chants that priests do and things. Um, mm. it's terrifying though. It's it's uh, most people I think would find it unpleasant to listen to. <laughs> but I remember finding it and just being like, "Oh my god, I'm into this! Like this is great." You need to like send me the link to it. I want to listen. Yeah, yeah. To find I'll that. find it again. It'll be in my YouTube. And share history. it with the world. Yeah, because it's oh, it's something. It's something. That's so interesting. Um, oh, but funny. I love stuff like that. See, like. And I always find sort of more obscure music, um, sort of going into the horror side of it, and the the black metal and your death metal and all of that. There tends to be more interesting stories behind the music. Yeah. And I find that really interesting. Like, I want to know more. Where did that come from? Why? Yeah. Well, like it's all created by artists. Like it's not just. I mean. Not to discredit anybody that has like computer generated like 
sound or whatever. But you know, yeah, I'll play instruments and stuff. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's like, see if you go back and listen to old pop music. There's no auto tune. No. And I'm not saying that auto tune is bad because, like, I think 99% of music that is released into the world these days um, utilizes that as a tool. And I think that's fine. Like, you know, if it's for an album quality thing and you want it to sound a certain way, go for it. Um, but I enjoy listening to older stuff and sort of enjoying the natural sounds of people's voices. Um, Definitely. Like, everybody's so unique. Mm, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. It's the, like, when we're, especially when you're talking about the human voice, it's the, the things that actually make it pleasant and, like, go oh man they've got a really interesting tone or whatever is the actual inconsistencies with it mm, as opposed perfection to the the actual mm. like spot on you know oh right we've hit the the right hurts. <laughs> there we go Sorry. um otherwise we'd all sound like sure <laughs> do you believe you loved that <laughs> song when we were kids <laughs> I, with it. I don't know why you were also obsessed with blue dabba dee dabba die oh my god i, I mean it. right okay like who can blame you right. that was a great song luke is obsessed with that now and i always find that so weird because he listens to it and i'm like i am just sitting in a pool of my own nostalgia right now <laughs> Anna loves it as well, but do you know, one of my first memories of a favourite song, well, I think it was actually my first, was, um, I don't know if you remember it, called No Limit. No, 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 there's no limit. We were obsessed with that too, <laughs> like in my I house. No, I have the words, so I used to sing There's No Lemons. <laughs> <laughs> just find the lyrics to the next like intro music for the podcast <laughs> amazing yes <laughs> no lemons <laughs> oh yeah i'm pretty sure that was by a band called oh no i don't actually know i was like it was in my head and then it vanished again oh, i was really hoping that was the band name and... i have no idea oh, no, limits. Okay. no lemons <laughs> no lemons No Limits song. <laughs> no Limits song. Was it by Two Unlimited? I think actually, I think it was. <laughs> oh, the podcast has devolved into tears of laughter. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Two um, Unlimited. Lemon. Two Unlimited. Lemons Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> no lemons. Lemon. I like lemons. Oh. I like lemons too. Um, I also like olives. I also like olives. Oh, I love olives. Um, thinking of Halloween and things. What would be like? Right. Let's let's imagine you are throwing like the the Halloween party to end all Halloween parties, and you've got like the big names coming. You've got Dracula. He's showing up. Um, Frankenstein's monsters. He's he's around the corner. He's throwing a little like a crappier party, and you're like, right now nah, we need to up our game. Christopher Lee has risen from the dead, and he is coming to your party. Yep. So is Peter Cushing as well. He's, he's Vincent coming. Price. Peter Cushing. <laughs> Bella Lugosi. 
Yep, Raul, Julia, he'll be there. They're all coming. Um, what are you cooking them? Ooh. As a starter. I would be boring because I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> the vampires are just looking disappointedly <laughs> at the, their plates like, this soup. <laughs> it's, it's soup, it's soup. But they like they, they think it's a bowl of blood and then they drink it and they're like, this is just beetroot juice. <laughs> My only guest would be Count Dracula <laughs> yeah. because he was a vegetarian vampire because he accidentally mixed tomato sauce instead of blood when they were resurrecting him. It's fine, Elena. I will host the party. You won't have to cook. You can have vegetarian options. But no, for me, the starter is duking for apples. Yeah, they're they're all gonna. I'm gonna get a big basin and stick some apples, and there'll be some fifty pences. <laughs> When you were a kid, did your parents make you put a fork in your mouth and then try and drop it and spear an apple at no. Halloween? That's I, what my I mom did. did. Get that. There was also a thing about uh, tying string across the room and clothes pegging uh, bread with treacle on it. And you had to crawl underneath and bite it as you crawled past. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a thing. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but it should be. Um... Yeah, my mum had had a lot of weird things. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd make Dracula and Frankenstein's monster and everyone duke for apples. Um, and then, I don't know, I'd probably just make them a nice Sunday roast. Oh, nice. I like right. sage and onion stuffing, please. Yep, yep. Well, mm -hmm. next time you're allowed at my house, Elaine, I will make you a nice roast dinner. <sighs> I would love that. I, like I am great. etching to be able to cook for a big group of people again. And oh. I can't. And it's awful. Um, Tell them your first guests. We'll be there. But you know what I would do if Frankenstein's monster came to my house? I'd just be his pal. Yeah, he's so Yeah, he's so sweet. He, he didn't... The Misfits song. Dust to dust. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> I didn't know the last one, but I know that one. <laughs> Oh, I love Misfits. That's what I would have playing at the party. Mm. Their famous Monsters album. Yeah, for sure. And their cover of um, Monster Mash. Oh! See, why wasn't the Monster Mash on at your engagement? <gasps> because the woman that was the DJ was awful. Next time, Elena. Book me as your DJ. No, definitely... I will show up with a laptop and a playlist and it will just be all things you like. Yeah, even my birthday. The only good song that he played was She Rides by Danzig. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one of Are your you friends... cursed with DJs though? Because I think it's difficult to find good DJs birthday, though. Like that DJ guy was garbage as well. Oh, he was. Yeah, because you were there. Um, and... I'd only just found out I was expecting a baby not that long before. Um, and your mum got drunk and we had a great conversation, Elena. It was wonderful. <laughs> and I also danced to Footloose <laughs> because nobody was up dancing and your mum really wanted to dance to Footloose. <laughs> and I like that song. Don't get me wrong. I do like that song. So I got up and I danced to Footloose. Mum had a great time. It was a good night. Even though the DJ was rubbish. Yeah, but it's the people that make it. Exactly.
Um, I almost said, but you could always go to the cat house for a good music night out, and now you can't. No, I know. And this oh. Halloween's going to be the best Halloween because it's a full blue moon. Oh, no, it's going to be amazing. I'm literally going to I'm going to sit on the beach. Praying for clear skies. Um, I'm going up to Ness. And I'm going up to that tiny beach that Stuart likes. Oh, yeah, that's got a name and I can't remember it. Um, it's like a I little can't... cove thing. It's so yeah. lovely. There's there's this really cool rock on like on it like you go down and if you do, like turn to the left side there's this sort of like next to some of like the cliffy parts there's just this big boulder and you can sit on it I'm gonna sit on that rock on Halloween assuming it's not hoofing it down <laughs> if it is I'll bring a jacket mm. uh, and that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna sit there at midnight on on Halloween that'd be amazing with a full moon what's your Halloween plans well I normally like to light black and orange candles because of their colour associations and because it's a full moon I'll definitely have my jar with water outside yep. um, and then I'll burn some incense, I'll maybe make a special blend of incense and I'll burn that in celebration, have a nice meal because it is to um, usher in the dark side of the year and to celebrate harvest so that's probably what I'll do I'm doing a sweetie hunt with my oldest kid. Um, he's dressing up as Naruto. <laughs> uh, because apparently being weeb trash runs in the family. <laughs> he asked for this. I didn't, I didn't push this on him. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't, you know, the, the, the upbringing or anything like that. That, you know, like one day he will become Naruto for Halloween. <laughs> it's going to happen. I reckon like th- before he was even conceived... You sat there and was like, Do you know what? One day I will have a child. You were watching Naruto at the time, I can tell. And you said, What? When he was conceived, Callum? No. <laughs> I said before he was. Oh my goodness. Claire! You have to turn this conversation Shocking behavior. I'm appalled. I'm disgusted. Yeah, and you said to yourself, Do you know what? I will have a child. And they will dress up as Naruto one day. No. I, 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 when I fell pregnant, I, I rubbed my belly and I said, one day my kid is going to be the Hokage. I didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you draw like, did you draw like a little, like a Naruto swirl on your belly? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm that trash. But no, he's dressing up as Naruto. We're going to do a sweet hunt. I'm going to hide sweets all over the house uh, for him to find. Um. Yeah, except spooky. Better. Um, we've got yeah. decorations up. I've uh, replaced all of Luke's school pictures that are on the mantelpiece with spooky pictures. Um, yeah, I've got pictures from the Disney Haunted Mansion, like, um, from the. It's not really a ride, is it? I don't know. I've never been to Disneyland. Uh, but they have the Haunted Mansion thing, uh, and and Disneyland. So I've taken pictures from that. Um, I've got. Like spider webs. I've got little ghost lights. Um, me and Luke are gonna make uh, like little Halloween crafts. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's just gonna be like a quiet, chill family Halloween. Um, and like you, yeah, I'm probably gonna put my water outside for for moon water to preserve it. I like to put some isopropyl alcohol in it. <laughs> 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 oh, amazing. Amazing. 
Yeah, I like to put vodka in mine. It's um. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually, and then you can drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, speaking of the moon, did you hear NASA saying that there's water on the moon? I think I heard somewhere. Yeah. Um, I spent the whole week between them saying they had an announcement about the moon and then making the announcement about the moon, telling everyone that the moon is an egg. An egg? Yeah, there's an episode of Doctor Who where it turns out that the moon is an egg and it's about to hatch. <laughs> so a fertile egg. <laughs> yeah, it's an egg with a big being in it. Egg. And it's horrifying. It's awful. It's like so stupid. And then that creature from Tomb Raider 1 comes out of it, like the egg in that. Oh, is that the, <laughs> the thing that's like not like fully formed yet? It has no legs. Big fleshy, baldy thing. <laughs> yeah, the arms. <laughs> and when it gets you, it smushes you. Yeah, it just whacks you off the ground and then throws you into the lava. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrifying on its own. Yeah, that was. I liked that one. Um... But yeah, Halloween's my favourite holiday. Um, I love Halloween. I wish we'd celebrated it more was when I was a kid. <clears throat> we didn't really do much help. But again, there wasn't really any kids around me. It was just me and Eve. Um, so we did our own duking for apples with our little sink basin and that was about it. <laughs> Some people are so against Halloween as well. Like, especially religious people. They just assume that it's evil, but it's a Celtic tradition. Mm -hmm. yeah. harvest and it was when they believed that the veil was at its thinnest and you know in like certain other traditions where they offer feasts for the dead like all over the world like there's nothing wrong with the uh, venerating your dead either or or like treating them with respect you know uh-huh sometimes they um, dig up their relatives and then they'll dress them in garments and celebrate with them and then put them back in the ground like so interesting how different cultures honor their dead. I also like them with, like, there's loads of different things on the surrounding days of Halloween as well. Yeah. Um, with loads of different cultures, and you know, there's like different. You've got like spirit days, and you've got you've got the days to review your lost ones. And you've got the days for the newborn, in the like mm -hmm. surrounding days. It's really interesting to see like how different cultures just. I think it's it's um really cool as well because. This all happens around the time that the leaves are falling from the trees and winter's coming and, you know, it isn't just us that's, um, you know, symbolising death. Um, it's the world, you know, the earth um, going into autumn. Uh, and I think what's really nice about it as well is that you know that spring is coming, you know? It's um, death in the earth. Oh yeah, it's wonderful. It's really cool. Um, but what I was going to say is one year, I am going to dress up as the guy from Monty Python uh, with the wheelbarrow and I'm just going to run down the street <laughs> shouting, bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! <laughs> yes! Oh my god! Oh man! Can I be on the wheelbarrow? Yes! And be dead? Can I be dead? <laughs> you know, oh. my major arcana card is death. I think obviously because I'm a Scorpio. Yeah, I don't know what mine is. I don't know what um, mine is either, actually. I was never allowed to dabble in that kind of thing. Um, I remember when I was in uh, high school, I think it was in first year, I brought home a book about the paranormal from the school library. 
and it was fascinating it had like um the various statues of the virgin mary in the world that have like cried blood tears and um like people who'd had ectoplasm you know and they'd gone into a trance and stuff but the coolest thing about it was it had it detailed like cases where it turned out to be false as well yeah um like it's very rare for people to actually admit when things are wrong yeah um but and I loved that book. I thought it was really interesting. But my mum, I don't think, was too comfortable with me bringing that home from school. <laughs> like, mm. hmm. But, like, I've always had some kind of interest in that sort of thing. Um, but I was never really allowed to touch tarot cards or any of that stuff. I, I, I was never kind of allowed. Um, but I still find it really fascinating. Um, and it's very interlinked with a lot of the things that I like and that I do. So, one day... Um, well, you should. I think it's it's something that's really fascinating, something that dates back a long time, and it's the form of divination that you don't like involve spirits. That's why, like, obviously the Ouija board is divination, but it's something that is so like uncontrolled, and you are physically like calling on spirits. You're letting anything, you're opening portals and allowing anything into your space and that is so dangerous because there is more out there than just the dead. Spooky silence. <laughs> I was going to say something but I felt like we needed to leave that hanging for a little bit. Oh, <laughs> <You know? yeah. laughs> um, the gravity of the statement. You know, people shouldn't fear the dead. They should fear the things that aren't the dead. Fear the living, as uh, Sylvanus Windrunner says in World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> Fear the living. I don't trust the living. <laughs> oh, I love Beetlejuice. So oh, I haven't seen that in years. When this pandemic's over, we should all get together and, and watch Beetlejuice and a bunch of other things. I want to do a movie night for the anniversary of the craft which is in April. I think it's like the 25th anniversary of the craft as well. It's mad. Or the 20th. I don't know. It's a big anniversary for the film The Craft, which is one of my favourites. Um, Frieza Bulk is just... Oh, I love her. I love her. And do you know, see the uh, witchcraft shop in The Craft? Mm-hmm. Frieza Bulk um, bought that and managed it for years after that movie. That's amazing. Yeah, she was a practising a practicing Wiccan. They did a lot of research into witchcraft for the movie, so a lot of the things were correct, like when they call the corners. That's amazing. Yeah, which I like. Like That's why I don't like the remake. I've not seen it, but even just, like, I don't know. I don't want to watch it. I don't think, like, it's too outlandish. At least the craft, it was outlandish in certain bits, but they followed very, very closely to actual tradition. Yeah. Um. I, I just love that film. Like, I think that in itself is kind of a scary film in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, Messing um, with something you don't understand fully. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's folly. That's what it is. It's folly. Um, another film, I don't actually remember it too well, and it's relevant because a remake just came out, but Roald Dahl's The Witches. Oh, yeah. When I was a little kid, I only seen it once when I was about six, maybe. And I was I was terrified of it. Like, it was her haircut. 
I know that's a weird thing, but like one of the characters in that had a really, really severe bob. Oh, that was the main, the high witch, wasn't it? She terrified me. Yeah. To the point where like whenever I see a really severe bob, I get a bit, oh, oh, I don't like that. Um, And it's just because of that film. <laughs> How terrible is that? <laughs> I don't remember anything about it. I just, I just remember it being, oh God, I'm scared of that. Um, I, and I think the other thing I remember besides the really severe Bob is the um, what she turns into because you know they turn into those really horrifying awful creatures like yeah because they turn children into mice but they drink they eat the soup and it's got the potion in it and it turns them into these hideous rats and she's the ugliest one of all yeah yeah I was terrified of the witches when I was a kid terrified which is why I've never seen it again, because I was always too like, oh god, should I watch that? Ooh, I was scared of that when I was young. It's such a good movie. I've not actually seen it as an adult. It'd be good to watch it, though. We'd probably pick up on things that we never noticed at the mm-hmm. time. Oh yeah, for sure. It'd be really good. Um, But the remake did come out, but I don't want to watch it, because she's not got the severe bob in it. Oh, does she not? No. She's got... She... Don't remake things. Like, let things be what they were. Like, they're remaking Ginger Snaps into, like, a TV series or something. I think it's fine if you're doing, like, a completely different medium. Like, if you were to go, right, okay, we're going to make Roald Dahl's Witches the video game, you know? Yeah. That's different. Um, I'm not... Or, like, make a sequel or make, you know, a related thing. I don't... I'm not into remakes that much. I'm, I'm a fan of the the approach of let's build like create something in the same universe but have it nothing to do with oh yeah for sure the thing that we love or have it loosely tie in with some um, of the things um i'm trying to think of an example that does that really well and i can't so. well um what i was going to say is if you compare uh the legend of Korra to avatar Yes. They've managed to make it related to Avatar because it's about an Avatar that isn't Aang. But it's so far... Obviously, it's the Avatar after him, but it's so far in the future that everything's different and everything's changed and they address mm-hmm. different points. It isn't. It doesn't have the same themes. Um, and I think that's important. I think if you're going to make something in the same universe, you should probably steer away from the themes and the um, points that the other thing had to make. Um and make something completely different yeah definitely so you are a virgo aren't you claire i was born on the cusp of leo and virgo leo and virgo yeah see i thought in my head it was leo but yeah so if you want to go by major arcana either of them virgo is hermit and leo is strength Um. they're major arcana cards See, my star sign's always been a point of contention for me because I've never been able to decide whether I'm a Leo or a Virgo and I've read so many different sources that have told me different things. Um, Like some are like, well, if you're born on the cusp, if you're born before a certain time, you're a Leo and if you're born after a certain time, you're a Virgo. Or the other way around. I've read some things that say that if you're born on the cusp, you have attributes of both. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I don't you should know. do is actually like go and get like a star map of the actual date, date and time, so date and time, and then you'll have and a then... birth chart. See, I don't know anything about star signs. You'll know your moon and your rising signs as well. 
I've always found it interesting though, because uh, Stuart, he's a Libra, and he very much embodies most of the Libra things. If you look up Libra, it's it's he hits most of these points. And as I said, I, I, I don't entirely believe in it personally, but I think there has to be some kind of, you know, credence to it because, you know, like, I don't know. I think there's more to it than people think, you know, there's more to it than like reading your star sign in the Metro, for example. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What are you talking about? you saying Mystic Meg's complete bollock? What? Yes. <laughs> yes, Callum. Mystic Meg is not a real mystic. My life has been a lot. No. Okay. Right. <laughs> What's your star sign, Callum? I, I'm a Pisces. Oh, another water sign. So you're just like me. Oh. Pisces is a nice one. That actually makes a lot of sense for you. So um, you I admit that, like, conventionally, I do fit into a lot of the Pisces type things. Um, I think that um, commercial astrology is utter pants and oh, yeah, bollocks and a lot of people put a lot of money into stuff that's questionable um but yeah. it, i still also find that like i think this comes back for me anyway it comes back to like the energy of time and place um because where you are and when you are like people release positive and negative energies into the world or universe whatever you want to say um and that does have an effect on your overall mood your overall like as in your formative years so i think it's really interesting and i think there there probably there's actually isn't a way to actually like scientifically dissect it currently because no. we don't understand anything we don't know anything really either we don't know anything we know um, lots of things, um, but compared to the amount of things there are to know, we know nothing. I 100% believe in science. 100%. Oh, yes. Um, but I don't think that, you know, the two things are... You know, I don't think the two things have to exist separately. Like, I think you can believe in science and know that science is real and, and vaccinations are real, guys, by the way. Um, Please get vaccinated. Yes. But also, you know, believe in the spiritual side of things. Um, they don't have to be at war with each other. Like, but they they exist in in communion with one another. <laughs> they do they absolutely do? I do find. I think that we, especially now, we kind of lean more towards that. Like our view of everything, or everything we get shown, um, through like media or whatever, is the extreme of this thing and it's the extreme of that we're kind of promoting extremities so if you find yourself like you're a spiritual person therefore oh you are this crazy spirit homeless man living in the mountains <laughs> um if you're if you're a religious person you're a creationist uh that's that's like yeah we, we kind of have this society that's built on promoting the extremes of everything as opposed to like this entire spectrum of everything part of that i think is yeah i think part of that is the human desire to put everything into a neat little box mm -hmm. they they think that so they fit in that box you know and i don't think that's necessarily um true <laughs> um absolutely not but, you're um, the moon callum that sounds about right callum major arcana card is the moon <laughs> my first girlfriend turned into the moon <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, 
that that's really rough sucks, buddy. man. That's, <laughs> that's rough, rough buddy. buddy. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. um, so, <laughs> to wrap up tonight, Callum, yeah. how would you rate your Dark and Stormy out of 10? I would rate my Dark and Stormy a solid 7.8 out of 10. Um, I really like a Dark and Stormy. Um, I like rum. I especially like Kraken rum. And I like ginger beer. Okay. And there you go. I find two things that I like. I put them together and whoop. I like it. It's good. Elena, how would you rate it out of 10? Oh. Well, because I don't normally mix my spirits, I would probably say about a six. A but six. I enjoyed it because I love ginger beer. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Um, I would give mine an eight. But that's just, I, I have a lot of love for Kraken Rum. Um, and I like ginger beer, like Callum. You put the two things you like together and you get something great. Doesn't always work, by the way. But no, when it does, I love olives, it really but, works. Oh, I almost said don't put olives in alcohol, but I like a good gin martini with an olive in it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I feel like there's an alcohol to, to go with everything. <laughs> yeah, but they don't all go together but they don't all go together. It's finding the right match. It's like people. <laughs> and I think the three of us are a good match. There you go. Um, Thank you for, for coming on tonight, Elena. It was a lot of fun. It was great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciated it. It was nice talking to both of you. Yeah. Um, Definitely had fun. Yeah, follow us all on Twitter. Yep, yep. Um, I am at brave underscore burp. I am at Callum Blaine, I believe. Uh, and our podcast Twitter is at Inverruis. Uh, give us a follow. Um, I am in charge of the Twitter and I sometimes put funny things on there. So please go have a look if you are so inclined. Feel free to talk to us too. Yeah, go for it. Ask us stuff. And yeah, good night. Have a wonderful and safe Halloween. Whoa. Ow! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>